Thank you for listening to this message from The Resting Place Tampa. We exist for the lost to be found, the found to be free, and peace to reign in our city. For more great resources like this, check out TheRestingPlaceTampa.com. Today, I am not preaching, and that's awesome, because we have... An incredible man of God, and I believe, is Ann going to come up with you for, at the beginning? Okay, so Mark and Ann Tubbs are apostles to the nations. They lead something called Transformation of the Nations, and it's for transforming nations, if you didn't get that from the name. <laughs> That's what it does. How many churches now is it uh, in Kenya or whatever? They have planted 3,700 churches around the world, 3,700. Yeah, you can clap for that a little louder. That's a big deal. Come on. And uh, they have ministered all around the world. I want to tell you about their table back there because these two books have really blessed me. Me and my entire team have read this book, The Five Fingers of God. And I'm just going to go on record and say I've read a lot of books on the fivefold. And I would not say this is the best one. I would say it's the only one. It's the only one written on the fivefold ministry. It's the only one. <laughs> That's just Caleb's opinion. If you've written one, don't get offended, okay? I have, maybe I haven't read it yet. <laughs> anyway, you should get this book. If you have any questions about uh, the, what the fivefold ministry is, maybe your calling, what, what that goes on, and Mark's going to talk about that. This one I am not done yet with, but it's amazing so far. Uh, a Relational Transformation is his other book. It's, it's also incredible, some amazing testimonies, just the story of, of being transformed through this the dynamic that God wants, which is relational. We say it here that relationship is the vehicle for discipleship. I have no right to disciple you if I don't know you. So relational equity is vital for that. And so that's an, that's an amazing book. I'd like that table to sell out today in Jesus' name. Amen. So we really want to bless him. But I just want to tell you about that. And I want you to just really understand that you honor a righteous man, you receive a righteous man reward. You honor a prophet, you receive a prophet's reward. Okay. So we have some amazing people today, and I would love for you to honor them like crazy by doing whatever you feel is necessary to welcome Mark and Ann Tubbs right now. Come on, stand to your feet. Yeah, come on. Louder than that. I mean, really. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much. And just to show you that I move in a spirit of wisdom, I'm going to give it to my wife. Thank you so much. We love being here. You know, we've never been to Tampa before, and it's just really a special place. And I, one of the things I felt today was that you guys are an answer to many people's prayers. I really feel like you're a gift to Tampa. And, and this morning I was reading Isaiah 34, and all through the worship, you were confirming the things that the Lord told me. Isaiah 34, 8, one of the, it, the whole chapter is about God releasing justice and vindication and overcoming the enemies. And like, for example, verse 8, For Lord Yahweh has a day of vengeance, a year of vindication for Zion's cause. And so that's, I totally agree and confirm the word that you've been hearing today. I felt like the Lord had a special assignment for this church in sex trafficking especially. I really see the Lord... I really see the Lord giving you strategies and open doors and cooperation and unity with the body of Christ. And it's just the power. And it's time. He's, he's tired of it. He's ready. He's been waiting for someone to partner with him. And you have the boldness and the fire of God and the sword in your mouth. And I just see you just taking the spoils 
like vengeance. And you just carry the heart of God. So, Lord, I just pray for this, Lord. I pray, God, that you make the right connections with the body of Christ, but also in the city. And, Lord, we just declare there's no fear. There's no fear upon them in the name of Jesus. And they're going to go with the fire of God, and they're going to release the captives in Jesus' name. I just come, Lord, with a mighty sword with them, Lord. We declare freedom for this city in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. I get to live with her, so that's good. Is this the rooting section? You guys are rowdy, man. I mean, this section over here is like, like fire over here. So anyway, it's great to be here in Tampa. Um, Just quickly, uh, Ann and I were local church pastors for 24 years, and we had a traditional Baptist church for 10 years, and then the Holy Spirit came and ruined our church. Absolutely, he wanted to take over, you know. <laughs> Go figure. Um, and then um, after that, I didn't know what church was. So I started going to Kenya, and I would just go into the villages. People would walk three, four, five miles. Um, I'd, see, uh, I'd see three, five, seven deaf ears open, blind eyes open, lame walk. Uh, just started seeing it on a regular basis. Then there was such a demand, I just took people like you, you, this fire group, so I just put you two, I got a village for you, are you ready for today? You two ready? Come on, you guys ready? I started dropping you off in villages. How many would like to get dropped off in a village? I'm serious. I'll come back, I promise. Uh, you know what? That's what Jesus did, Luke 9 and 10. He dropped them off in the villages. And then they would come back. And what the most exciting thing is, is the people that think they're the least effective in this room are the ones that can upturn a village. The ones that are looking at me and going, is this guy for real? You know, you are too. Because why? Because what you carry in you is beautifully and wonderfully made. Okay, your questions... Your need for intimacy, your place that's been broken, where you feel like giving up, all those places have power when you go to people that are suffering and when they are hurting. And guess what? Then you come back to Tampa and you suddenly see so many things you never saw before. Okay? So April 23rd, if you want to go to the Philippines, I'll take you and I'll drop you off in a village. We're going to meet with 500 leaders, though. We're going to release the prophetic in regions that don't have it. Okay? We're We're going to do radical things. If you can't go in April, we're going to go in October to Kenya. Okay? So just know from this day on, you're invited and I, I don't care if you're, I'm going to say this, you're, if you don't even know you're saved, I'll take you. You don't think you can hear one thing from God? Great. It's awesome. Because I believe in you. And I'll call out your destiny, I'll begin to call it out, with, and I'll just begin to just suck it out. <laughs> You know, I got suction cups. 
Like you, you know, you're not full of, you're not a man of many words yet, right? But you're powerful. You're like a rock. Your word is good. You're a watchman. You don't miss anything. Right? See? I could use some watchmen on the walls. And you look at you. You're just a, a love ball. You're a, or you're a love mush ball. You just love, you don't even, you love anybody. You do you hug like people at 7-Eleven and stuff like that? Or do you do? Yeah, I know. I know you did. I can see it all over you. You know? She's going, oh, don't pick on me. No, your questions are really good and they're really important right now. They're going to define your identity. And you're going to believe him more than you're going to believe anyone else. And it's time to hear his voice clearly because he'll tell you all that creative stirring. So, anyways, yes, be done 1140. Stop prophesying by 1140. Okay, that's all right. It's okay. You're done prophesying. I'm sorry. I know we got kids and all that kind of stuff. So anyways, um, so after that, started going to Kenya, started planning churches, started helping raise up sons and daughters, and, uh, and our offerings were mangoes and chickens. How many would know what to do if they handled, handed you a live chicken? Okay. Did you grow up on a farm or something? Or like, you know, like you're so excited about this. Uh, it's like, you know, like if I had a chicken right now, you'd be the person I'd give it to. You're so excited. Like, I didn't know what to do with a live chicken, okay? I go down to the store. I go down to Publix, and I find it in a package. I've never been given, here, take a chicken. And Ming goes, Sandy, I'll teach you how to cut one, okay? You know, like she's going, I'm not sure I even know how to cut a mango. So anyway, sorry, I love you, okay? Um, how many know it's hard to make a global movement with mangoes and chickens? Right? So Cheon, he's an apostle overseeing 50 nations. He says, hey, why don't you do what you've been doing in Kenya with me globally? And so I started on, Ann and I started on his team. And so for 13 years, we've been going, I've been in seven, we've been in seven nations this fall. I'll be in Russia, um, Philippines, um, and Amsterdam in the next two months. Okay? And then, so what am I doing here? Because God has something strategic for you today. I, don't, I believe that everywhere I go, I love being here. I love, I love Caleb, and I, I love this woman whose name I don't know how to pronounce. Jamaris. Jamari. It's almost French. i got to sing it. If you don't know how to do it, just go, you know, like, Jamari. Hey, today, worship leading, is it Brian? Wow, what a combination, because... You're like, when you lead worship, it's like, I feel like I'm walking by a lake. Like your rest waters. And then on the other side, you got this warrior, you know, like, a, and it's kind of like rest and war, west and war. Oh, wait a minute. Sounds like the, uh, huh? Unity Psalm. Where there's unity, there's increased anointing, there's rest, and there's that commanding the blessing. 
So when you see different worship leaders, I know I, I heard about other worship leaders that I didn't see. Guess what? Every worship leader is releasing something. And it's your job to see what's being released. Okay? So I'm going to rip through this. I have a message that uh, I do around the world. Um, it's one of my, it's like my bread and butter message. And the reason I do it because I want to activate you at a level that you can't even imagine. All right? I want you to see that the person that, you know, you can see the people up front. You can see Caleb, who I think is incredibly anointed. But I want you to know you're anointed. I want you to know that the same power that was within Jesus is on you. And I don't care how old you are. I don't care what you look like. I don't care. I mean, I do care, but I'm saying that's not the criteria. The criteria is that God spoke over you like he did Jeremiah in the womb, and he said, before you were formed, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. That word literally means to to ordain or commission you. You were literally set forth in your purpose by God in the womb. And that's why he's been attacking it ever since. The enemy doesn't, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He doesn't come to make you sin. In fact, I can sin all by myself. I don't need a demon. Right? I've got a sinful nature. But it's redeemed by Christ, and I'm set free from the law of death. But I can, get, I can get sinful anytime I want to turn to the flesh. i got to live by revelation. What's my point? The revelation is, is that you are beautifully and wonderfully made, and you were set apart in the womb. So what were you set apart for? Right. Right. Oh, I can answer that question. That's, a, that's actually even the easy part. The easy part is to show you your destiny. The hard part is, will you chase it? it? Because few, many are called, but few are chosen. What that means is that we're, there's a call on your life, but the few that are able to press forward and come into their destiny. So how, how many want to get there? All right. Turn, we, got a, some, we got some slides. We won't go through them all. Just go to the... Um, Go to the third slide. Just That one's a good one. We'll just go with that one. Okay. <laughs> Actually, just go to the one back just for a second. I just want to... Backward, the other way. Thank you. Hey, this, this is just all fresh, so we're doing this. Um, is that okay? All right, let's just go there. <laughs> it's all right. Actually, can you just go back to the tour the, there? And this is, by the way, I emailed it to her. Give her a big hand. That's all right. All right. Um, yeah, can we just go back to startup? Start is that hard? Um, what is anointing? Okay. So what I want to just say this is that this is very, very important, is that when we talk, we can even go with this one. Let's just go with this one because it's here. All right? Um, the reason why we have to talk about anointing for a moment is that anointing is like the wind. It's the power. It's, it's, 
It's God's flow on you that enables you to come into your destiny. So imagine if you had a kite and the kite was still in the package. Would it fly? Brilliant. You took it out of the package. You set it there at home. Would it fly? No. But when you got in the right place and if there's wind, you ever try to, to fly a kite when there's no wind? You got to run like, you know, you got to really run. But when there's wind, it comes and it goes, all right? The anointing is when you come into agreement with God for your destiny and purpose, and it welcomes the flow and the wind of the Spirit. So when, when you look at anointing, he says, as for you, the anointing you receive from him remains in you. Now, why is this important? Does everyone always feel anointed? Do you wake up someday? Do you wake up in the morning and look in the mirror and go, ah, you're anointed? <laughs> why not? I mean, starting tomorrow, this might happen if you listen to me. Why? Because you look in the mirror. Try it. Just pretend. You're looking in the mirror. Pretend you're like a pit bull, okay? Uh, you're, you're anointed. Okay? This is important. Why? Because the anointing remains in you. It doesn't come. It doesn't go. It doesn't go on vacation. You have accepted Christ. He's in you. He's living in you. And the anointing is always, always available. Romans, Romans tells us um, that the, the, the gifts of God are irrevocable. Okay? So the anointing remains in you as you remain in Him. But I believe you're anointed for a purpose. And how do you know what anointing you have? What, how do you know which anointing is there? So you go to, go to Luke chapter, uh, go, to, go to Luke, you know, chapter 4. And it, it talks about the anointing of the Lord. The Spirit of the Lord is on me. Verse 18. Jesus links the anointing in fivefold. He goes, the Spirit of the Lord is on me. Everybody say that. The Spirit of the Lord is on me. Tell the person next to you. The Spirit of the Lord is on you. Tell the person next to you, you're anointed even if you don't feel like it. Because he's anointed me. Listen to this. Now he talks about functions. He says the anointing's going to enable me what? To preach good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for prisoners. That's what Jamaris was doing this morning. You, Jamaris. That's what she was doing. She was releasing freedom, right? She, you were doing it right there. Recovery of sight for the blind. You brought release to the oppressed. Proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. See, Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord is on me for a function that I can release through the Holy Spirit. Say that right now. The Holy Spirit is on me for a purpose for a function that has been given to me. And the function that I have is... If I, if I have my will, literally, in 30, 30 minutes, you're going to be up going, ha! My, that, that's the anointing's on me for this purpose. But I want you to notice, Jesus is declaring over his life... The fivefold ministry. Go to the next slide. Some are called to be, put out your hands. Some are called to be apostles. That's the thumb. Apostolic. Say apostolic. Prophet or prophetic. 
Now, this is apostolic. It touches all the fingers. Thumb. The prophetic points the way. Evangelistic finger reaches out the farthest. Pastoral finger, that's the love finger. Wedding ring. This is the teacher, cleans out the ears. Okay. So what does Jesus say? The functions. Preach the good news to the poor. What is that? Evangelism. In fact, even the Greek word for good news is evangelion. All right, sent to proclaim freedom for prisoners. Why do I say that's the teaching anointing? Because the truth will set you free. Any teacher who does not teach by revelation and set you free, if they put you into legalism, they put you into bondage, they put you into shame because you don't measure up, that is a false teacher. Because the truth, he who is free is free indeed. Prophetic, recovery of sight for the blind. That means now you can see in the Spirit. I've never been to Tampa, but, you know, we're just seeing in the Spirit. I'm swimming. This, you guys are like provided a community swimming pool here. I mean, this is amazing. It's like an oasis. Man, I'm drinking an umbrella drink right now, you know, like, you know, with, uh, with lemonade, right? I mean, you guys bring refreshment. You bring life. You bring glory. You bring presence, pastoral. Release the oppressed. So Brian today, what was he doing? He, had a, he was a pastoral teacher. He was sitting there going, if you're hurting today, come. <sighs> okay? Right? I'm just listening to the worship leaders. I want to see what they're releasing. The apostolic, proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. She's making these apostolic declarations. <laughs> they will be released. You know, the Lord kept on bringing to my mind uh, today that what the decreeing we're doing, he brought to mind a story. I was, I was two hours later in an airplane going to Korea. And I arrived in Seattle. And the Lord said, command the next plane to wait for you. And I'm like, I command. No, he says, no, really do it. And so I started commanding. And I'm like, I felt weird. But he said, do it again. So we get there. Everybody had missed their connection except our plane was there. I get on there and I said, why didn't you leave? They said, because the door wouldn't shut. I said, we sat down, 10 seconds later, the door's going, they're going, what's going on? The button's fixed. What do you think I'm doing in Tampa? I'm answering your prayers for a breakthrough right now in this region for you to come in agreement. I'm here to make an, I've already made the apostolic decree. Okay? But guess what? There's no transformation without you being in part. I don't want anyone any person to miss it. Some of the people that are be most strategic right now aren't even saved yet, and they're your friends, and you think you want to change a city, and all you need to do is lead that one woman at the well who will take the entire village. I'd like it to be you. Sometimes it's misconstrued, but one of the women that could impact this city the most, maybe last night she was a dancer. Okay? We baptized 125 prostitutes in one week. One week. One week. <laughs> but guess what? There's someone in this room that that, that would be like, 125, that's nothing, you know. 
So it's about destiny. Go to the next one. So every person has been given a five-fold ministry. You've been given at least one. I believe you've been given two. One primary and one secondary. And why? Because you're beautifully and wonderfully made and you have a certain design to you. This isn't something you have to go out and create. It's something that it comes out at Starbucks without you knowing it. You can't help yourself. All right? You can't help the things that you've been anointed, and God has created you a certain way. All right? And Ephesians 4, 7 says, to each one of us, to each one of us, this has been given as Christ measured it. So tell the person next to you if there's someone there. Say, this includes you. Now this is the most important thing. Tell the person in your chair. <laughs> this includes you. A grace, the Greek word is, it has to do with spiritual gift, but it's more about less than a spiritual gift like the gifts of the Spirit. We'll look at those in 1 Corinthians 12, 7. It's translated grace because this is something that is inherently in your personality and character. So you'll say that. We'll say, that person has a grace. You know, like to work in the, that nursing home, for example. They're really good in that situation. They have a grace for it. That's what that word is. So to each one of you, a grace has been given. That's the implication that everyone has it. But number two, it infers that there's a measure. Okay, when I buy my wife, like, we're, like we go on a trip, and I buy her like a, a four-liter water, it's still not enough. She'll like to go get three of them. You know what I'm saying? And I'm sitting there going, I'm trying to become a water drinker, but I'm like this, you know, day two, you know, (laughs) gotta drink that water, you know, but her, she, she's just plowing through the water. So the measure that you've been given is the same way. But guess what? The scriptures say that your faith with little, he'll give you more. What is that meaning? That there's already a measure But for you to come into it, it just doesn't, you don't just drink a gallon in one sip. What happens is you start to move into it. Let me just, I don't want to be, I'm I'm not trying to be boastful here, but I'm just going to try to show you what this looks like. I was faithful a little with churches. In this next month, I'll just go visit leaders in nations who are overseeing 500, 1,000, 2,000 churches, and I'll be mentoring them to expand their movement. But guess what? How did I start that? With faithful with my church. And in the things I've done. You, I don't do anything that different anymore. When I prophesy, I prophesy just like when I prophesy over my wife. Or my kids. Or over my brisket before I smoke it. Because I tell it, you must be flavorful. You must be tender. But anyway, um, are you following me? It's like, it's a way of life of who you are with little. And then once you get out here, and why... By the way, this is the word for resting place. You're not going to, right now, you're so on course. You don't have to do a lot different. You have to be who you are and understand the spheres that God wants to give you are more and more. Now, how are they different than gifts of the Spirit? I'll give you an example. Um, Tracy, let's say Tracy, what she does, she moves in healing. Okay? And we're going to have a healing night. And Tracy can't come. 
Do we go, oh, Tracy's not there. We don't have healing tonight. No healing. Would we say that? Amen. Well, we have the Holy Spirit, and it's the gift of the Spirit, meaning the, gift, the Holy Spirit's going to heal. But let's say Tracy had a very accurate prophetic gift, and she knew how to release others who had never had it before, and we didn't have Tracy that night. We would not grow in the same measure of the prophetic had we had Tracy there. Because you impart. Paul said, I long... I long to visit you, Romans 1.11, that I might impart a spiritual gift. Meaning God uses people to impart and teach and mentor and train us. In other words, you have something to impart. It doesn't mean that the prophetic wouldn't grow. It wouldn't grow in the way that you are. It wouldn't grow in the way that you brought. So let's say, let's say you're both really prophetic, and she really knows how to heal hearts. And you know how to really break off things off generations. Okay? So that night, we would be refreshed by that anointing, but we wouldn't have the depth that she has. I'm not saying the Holy Spirit would work. He'd work without Tracy, okay? I'm not saying that. But I'm saying is when you carry something unique, that's why Ephesians 4.16 says that the body builds itself up in love as each supporting ligament does its work. Each supporting ligament. Tell the person next to you, you're the most wonderful ligament I've ever seen. No, I'm kidding. Yes, she is. What I'm just trying to show you is that you have to value what you carry. Listen, number two, you have to know what you carry. Because when it's time to give hope, and you went through the darkest season and had a profound faith, where are you? Raise your hand if I just described you. Then you have a hope to impart that someone else who's never gone through that has. It doesn't mean you're better than them. Okay, are you guys a family, a family of four? Which one of you is most important? Do you guys have a dog? Because a dog's probably most important. No, I'm kidding, yeah. But, but here's the thing. This is the point I was trying to make. Let's say you have a family event and one of you can't come. Do you feel it? That's my point. And the reason I ask you which one of you is more important, how is it that we go from the church, from the family, and we're not asking who's most important, but suddenly we go to church building, and suddenly there's important people and not important people. I mean, how, how did we, like, that means we're not a family. So guess what? This is a culture where we want everyone to feel valued, called, known, blessed, favorable, anointed. Like here, this one here, she's like glue. She like, man, I'll tell you, you need a hug today? Just go over there, okay? She just, she wants to love you. She's ready. Some of you may need, you just may need comfort. How about if you knew who gave comfort really good here? Are you going to go to a teacher who's going to go, well, what have you been doing right with your life? <laughs> I need comfort. Well, let's talk about how you need to change your life. That doesn't feel very good, okay? But guess what? Sometimes you need the teacher to say, come on. It's time to grow up. Sorry. 
But that's not very comforting. Go to the next one. Ephesians, Jesus gave the fivefold. Why? To prepare God's people for works of service. Meaning, to equip you. How many want to be equipped? How many been had too much equipping? <laughs> Do you know why? Because the Greek word means it's a broken bone that is put back into alignment and then puts a cast around it. That's a fun word for equipping. What it means is you have to be in relationship with one another in such a way that there's humility, both by leaders and those being raised up, and their hearts are aligned with each other, and it's not about control. It's not about territory, position, title. It's about loving one another into wholeness. Relational transformation. Hey, you should name a book after that. Body of Christ to be built up. See, the problem is, I feel like um, there was a Super Bowl commercial, not this year, but it was years ago, where this woman was working out with weights when one arm and the other one she wasn't working out at all. And the arm that was, she was working out with was just, you know, the arm that she wasn't, you know, looked like a, a noodle, right? See, the thing is, is that if we have 10 or 15 or 20% in the school, it can't be the school. I'm not promoting the school. But this church is not about just the school. The school's an attempt. But the truth is, we want every one of you to mature into your fullness. We'll do anything. We'll meet you at 12, 10, midnight, if you're ready to really grow. Oh, come on. Some of you haven't even gone to you know, sleep till 3. So, um, and reach unity in the faith. We'll teach you how. The fivefold will teach you true unity. Why? Because you don't think you're it. When I take you and drop you off in villages, I'm convinced that that village needed you more than me. That you're exactly what they needed. And that God will orchestrate it perfectly. And you'll become mature. How many of you are mature? Okay, I have a, Ann and I have a maturity assessment tool to know if you're mature or not. You know why? Because it bugs me that no one can raise their hand. You know why? Because you don't know how to measure it. Why not? If that's our job is to bring you into maturity, we want to know. We want to show you how you mature, how you're not mature, and how to grow. Isn't that fair? And to attain the full measure of Christ. That's what I want. I want the full measure. I don't want you to know your fivefold. I'm going to tell you how to get it but I want you to know your full measure. I want you to know how to mature. I want you to know how to duplicate. I want you to know how to come into your destiny. All right, so how do we do this? Well, go to the next slide. Thank you. Go, go to the next one. So we're going to talk about these, the fivefold anointing. Now, these are all in my book, and I can send you it. So I say a lot of things that are in there. I know it's your temptation to read it. Is there a play, way to go one by one or not in this one? In this one? Okay, okay. All right. So let's talk about the pastoral anointing. How do you know which one of the five you have? Okay, I'm going to try to help you. And like I said, if you read them all, you, you'll be distracted. Okay, the first one is when you watch a movie, you start to feel so involved, you start praying for the character. 
I mean, you forget for a moment it's not real. I mean, is there anyone here like this? I just want you to admit it. Raise your hand. You're a half a hand over there, Mom? You're just a half a hand? Why? Because you're designed to have a capacity to care and be compassionate in a way that the rest of us aren't. We'd all like to be more caring, but see, you don't have to try to care. I am speaking to you now. I saw it on you. You're very merciful. You're the quickest to forgive. You believe in others immediately. And even when they do things that should stop believing them, you're going to believe in them anyway because that's your power. That's pastoral. God will entrust hearts to you. Did you hear that? He'll entrust hearts to you. He'll say, this one, I can trust them with other people's hearts because they will speak and reveal my love and comfort in such a profound way they will know that they're deeply and profoundly loved. Where are you? Okay, we need a couple of you to go to Fresh Start every week because we need to help you. We need you to mush on everybody that comes through, okay? That's one of your functions. And you can do it anywhere at any time. So how does it look like? You have a genuine concern for others. Yes, you do, but people know it. I, I think every anointing cares, but people know you care. You're listening. You ask questions. You follow up. You see him the next week. How did it go? You know, my daughter was 14 years old, and the, she had a pastoral anointing, and the Lord said, she said, Daddy, what do I do with that? And I said, well, ask the Lord. She, she said, well, Dad, the Lord told me to go pastor my, my teacher's. So she went and started reaching out to her teachers. Before you know, a couple weeks later, oh, I'm watching my, you know, one of my teacher's kids. And she was starting to minister to her teachers. It doesn't matter how old you are, you can discover the anointing. You notice when others are missing. The pastoral people in here know exactly who's not here today. And you're not going, they said they were going to be here. That's another anointing. We'll talk about that in a minute. But, <laughs> but the pastoral people are going, hey, I wonder if it's, everything's okay. All right. The people already come to you when you need for support. How can I say this in love? I was a local church pastor. People didn't come to me when they had needed for support. Because I would tell them, get over it. Okay? They came to me when they wanted to know their destiny, when they wanted to learn how to prophesy, when they learned how to cut things off. That's when they come to me. If not, I raised up 25 pastoral people to pastor the church and community. But I don't want you to pastor the church. I want you to pastor the region. Okay? And there's an attack against each one, and we can talk more about that next time. All right. How many of you say, based on just this short summary, I think I have a pastoral anointing? Raise your hand. You don't think you do? What do you feel like? That was too soft for you? Yeah, okay. Someone else. You, you, you raised your hand. Let me see all your hands. Usually it's about one-third of the people. This isn't a science. How many will give me a half a hand? Half a hand? I see that half a hand. Okay. We'll go to the next, next one. The teachers. Now, the, the pastoral person, when they meet you, is going like, where do they hurt? How are they doing? The teacher. Are you a teacher over here? Where is the teacher? All right. Oh, Scott, okay. <laughs> the teachers want to know, are they living with integrity? Is their word good? 
Do they mean what they say? Do they believe and live what they say? They have firm foundations. They love the foundations. We can't go around. They communicate God's principles for godly living effectively. I had a guy in my church. He comes up to me and he goes, he was a teacher. He goes, I don't tithe on what I make. I tithe on what I want to make. So he came to me three months later. Well, I'm, I better raise my tithe again because I'm already making what I wanted to make. See, he was a teacher. He believed so much in the word, he would speak it in truth, and he would come into reality. They help others stay true to their stated purpose. What do I mean by that? Let's say, let's say you got a job. You say, oh, it's a new job. God, God gave me this new job, right? And you go to the pastoral person, and, you say, and it's going really hard, right? And you say, oh, I've got this new job, and it's really hard. What are you going to tell me? It's going to be okay, right? God's with you. But you go to the teacher and they say, what's God trying to show you? Does that feel very comforting at the moment? But maybe it's the same pattern you've had with every job. So maybe you need a teacher. You want to grow in your life? Have five-fold friends. Don't just go to the same friends. Go to people that will, like, will speak out of their anointing and challenge you. They hunger for deeper understanding and revelation. If you're like, if someone came up and asked you, this is how you know your teacher, would you teach on this topic? Let's say, you know, would you teach, you know, on the Old Testament survey? And then, or let's say, talk about kingdom finance. And then you go, well, I have so much more to learn. And then you go, you've read every book, you've gone to every conference known to man. When do you think you'll be ready? But guess what? The teacher always know their position is, I always have to learn more. Right, Brian? That's Brian, right? It's one of your anointings. It's just always more. It's like this deep water. It's like being in the pool versus the ocean. They can be judgmental, especially if there's injustice. Right? Yeah, okay. So if there's injustice involved, they get... Because they want to fight justice. Now, if you're a teacher, pastoral, you've got a great internal conflict. If you're married, teacher and pastor, you've got a great, interesting conflict. But guess what? It's your power. Because it brings the heart of God and it brings the truth of God. And you stop competing and stop comparing and you come into this fragrance of both anointings, and boom, all of a sudden you understand, wow, you're strong. How many of you think you might have the teaching anointing? There's, by the way, there's no five-fold police here. We're not going to say, you already raised your hand, you know, and, or you can't put your hand down, okay? He's like, are you in doubt or what? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> He's got both hands. Okay. Next one. Why is this important? I'm just helping you get a glimpse. That you, did you know that your destiny is behind one of these doors? It'll point. It's, it'll start saying, if you chase toward, the, toward this combination, by the way, it's a combination of at least two, one being primary, one being secondary. Third, prophetic. Their first question is not, how are they hurting? Or do they have integrity? It's, what is God saying to them? It's your first question. 
That's, that's my wife. Just what is God saying? What is God doing? What is God releasing? What is, it's just, did you have a dream last night? You know, all that, that constant like pursuit, you know, we're staying at Sandy's house. She's, she's only shared like 15 revelatory things she's gotten. Because she just flows, flows, flows. I mean, from clouds to whatever God's doing, she's looking for it. Because it, they want to seek revelation from the Spirit. It's just their orientation. They discern God's heart and purpose. They speak words from the Lord to strengthen and encourage others. You know? Just the night before last, I was with a, in a Mexican restaurant. The waitress comes up. All of a sudden, tell her she's, a, she's not only a good mother at home, she's an amazing mother at this restaurant and wherever she goes. She's, she, how many times did she thank me? I mean, she just kept on coming back, thanking me for the word that gave her life. Interpret life events and people through seeing in the spirit. I don't know how people always see something amazing in the two teams that are in the Super Bowl. You know, <laughs> I didn't like it this year because I'm a Ram fan uh, from childhood. But, oh, you, you, get over it. Uh, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> but guess what? Sometimes we that are not as moving in the prophetic, we discount the connection between the natural and the spiritual realm. Prophetic people help us see it. Did you hear how often Caleb was flowing in the prophetic as a leader to you? He's just inviting you into the prophetic realm in a level. And just by being in this church, you're going to hear God's voice clear. You're going to prophesy more confidently. Because that's the culture. All right, how many would say, yeah, I think my primary or secondary, by the way, first or second is prophetic. Okay. Now, by the way, if you guys didn't flow in the prophetic, the, hand, the number of hands would be lower. This is why impartation is there. Did you see that one of your classes, the first thing is like how to hear the voice of God? How often do you offer that? Meaning if you're a part of this community, there's a cultural invitation to learn how to see in the Spirit for your life. Now, you're going to look differently. Some of you are going to hear words. Some of you are going to get pictures. Some of you are just going to have knowings. It's okay, but you're going to be invited to learn how to move in the Spirit. All right, the next one. Traits of the evangelistic anointing. You know, they have a genuine desire or concern for those who don't know Jesus. Now, that seems really obvious, right? But there are people, the first thing they ask when they meet someone is, do they know Jesus? And they weep for the lost. By the way, there's a much lower percentage in churches that really have an evangelistic anointing primary, okay, or secondary. They share eagerly what's important to them with others. Not only Christ, but that Verizon has a two-for-one sale, okay? <laughs> Just saying, right? <laughs> okay. They like to meet new people and be in new situations. They, you know what? Evangelistic people, they come into this room, and the first thing they look around for is new people. They want to know if there's anybody new here. I always told, you know, when, get the evangelist people, just send them out and see who they bring out by the end of the service, you know? I mean, it'd be great. 
They love the gospel. They just can't hear the gospel enough. I mean, they want to hear the gospel every week. They want it to be an invitation for salvation. Why? Because they know that the gospel is the power and wisdom of God. To them, it's why we're here. If we're not leading people to Jesus, you know, hey, I love the prophetic. I love, I love comforting people. I love releasing people into freedom. But I want people to come to Jesus. And the, the evangelistic people teach us how to do it. You say you can impart. Remember I was saying impartation? By the way, we have a trip to Mexico the last week in Tijuana, the last week of, Jan of, Ju of June, every year. You go on that trip, the anointing for evangelism is so strong, you can't even get out of the van without people running up to you for prayer. That's how strong it is. It's like amazing. Go to a hospital, and people from the ER line up for prayer. Saw over 200 prostitutes and drug addicts come to Christ in one week. And guess what? I don't lead it because I'm, I'm not as good as the 26-year-old the that leads it. She's a lot more powerful in evangelism. She was actually in one of those God movies similar to Todd White. She's in it. Her name's Desiree. Maybe you saw her. They have a compassion for those who are imprisoned by sin. They drive by a, you know, a strip bar. What do they do? They, they cry out for the daughters. Of course, they're if they're unsaved, of course they're imprisoned. That's not a surprise here. And they know how to just respond with compassion to people that are addicted, to people that are fighting for their life. There's no judgment in them at all toward the lost. How many are evangelistic? That's, that's amazing. Let me raise your hands again. It's the highest percentage I've ever seen in a church. No, in terms of percentage. I mean... That's amazing. Let's see what, got to get some wind on that. Because Just get them together and just say, let's just go get, go pre. You know what? You know one of the best way to do evangelism is to say, who needs a toothbrush? And you say, let's go get a toothbrush together. And you go, in the meantime, we're going to look for someone who needs love. Okay. So we're walking to the, get the t-shirt. I mean, the, the toothbrush. Did someone need love? And you start spreading the love. Guess what? Even believers need love. That's how we do it. We don't go out to evangelize. We go out to love. Remember, if you see a Hindu, they have 200 million gods. What's one more? So definitely go ahead and evangelism. <laughs> I don't know what you have here community-wise, but um, by the way, don't assume that your massive growth here is going to be in English. So if you go, not if, as you're going into the building, don't think about the building. God already spoke to me that the buildings, that's going to be a slam dunk. It's not about a building. It's about who you're going to reach and the spheres of influence you're going to have. Okay? And, the, and one of your spheres of influence, at least several of them, are not even going to be in English. So break out. I don't know what it is yet. Go for it. Find out the community. When you move in that building, do the research. Find out who's there. If it's a Russian community, Puerto Rican community, I don't know who it is, Hispanics, go find that community and bring them in. All right, the last one, because i gotta, I got to be done here. I was told 11.45, but I've, now I need to be careful, right? 
1141. The traits of the apostolic. No, I want to honor it. First of all, what's the, what, who is the people that are apostolic? They're the kind of people who always are looking at the big picture. Okay, Tracy, right? Where do people belong? How do they, how do they fit? Okay, they yearn for the unity of the body of Christ. You know, um, Tampa is a little bit divided in, in the Christian realm, right? Okay, and right now there's a sword that's come that's bringing, actually bringing judgment. Okay, and it's releasing between light and truth. Okay, that's okay. We don't judge anyone. Don't judge any church, judge any ministry, love them. But guess what? Unity comes through humility and repentance. And you're never going to be all that. You're going to have your strength as a church, but you're never the whole church. You love the church. Okay? They see the larger picture, how everyone can play a part. When I take you on a trip, for example, I'll say, what do you see? And you go, well, I saw that prison. I'll say, okay, tomorrow I'll drop you off at the prison. And this happened to me. I'd gone 10 years, and I never let anybody go in the prison. I never, I never thought about it. The guy goes, I go, what do you see? He goes, I see the prison. He came back. I think, oh, what happened? Well, we only prophesied over 300. There's 2,000. We'll try to get through them the rest of the week. Okay, that'd be good. Finish off that 2,000. Go for it, buddy. Okay. There's spiritual authority that people just see in people who walk in it. Okay? I go to communities where there's a lot of Muslims, and I unite the church, and I'll say, how often have you met? They say, never. And then I'll say, why are you meeting? It's because you're here. That's how the influence you have. You're able to go into places and bridge people that would never be together. That's apostolic. And you can bring people from various groups together for one common purpose. The main intent of the apostolic is a, is a massive burden that everyone comes into their fullness. So if we're up there worshiping, and 80% of you are like, and 20% of you are bored to death, we want to say, why are the 20%? There's nothing wrong with them. They're different. They may need art or drama or some other kind of way to influence them. And apostolic people don't blame the people. They say, what can we do to help people enter into a deeper place? Do you understand that? How many of you are apostolic? Go ahead. Feel bold. Wow, that doesn't surprise me. This is an apostolic church plant. That's what I'm doing here. I'm not your spiritual father, but I'm your uncle right now, okay? I'm an uncle. And guess why I'm here? I'm out here out of relationship. I'm only here out of relationship. I don't need another meeting. I need relationship. So we're dating a little bit right now. It's okay. And God will find the right people to help speak into your lives. Okay? So I need to be ending, but let me, this is how I love to end. I'm going to ask you again, and you're going to have faith right now. And for the primary, you're going to raise, I want you to raise your right arm. For the secondary, raise your left arm. If you must, okay, go ahead and raise your right leg. If you need to do a third one, you go ahead. Please don't raise both legs. You know, we don't need that scene. Okay, try to have faith. (laughs) All right, now when I ask you to raise up your hand, keep it raised and do not put it down.
until everybody's done because we want to look around. If you have primary or secondary, as pastoral, raise your right or your right, right arm, left arm, or left leg. Okay? Keep it up. If you're a teacher, anointing, raise your right arm or your left arm. If you're evangelistic, raise your right arm or your left arm. This is secondary. If you're prophetic, raise your right arm or your left arm. If, if you're apostolic, raise your right arm, left arm, or left leg. Okay, we got... How many, put down your hands. How many will not raise your hands no matter what I say? Okay, I'm just joking. I just want to... Okay, I'm just curious. How many of you genuinely didn't raise your hand simply because I don't really know? Okay, so we're going to give, we're going to pray over every one of you, and we're going to speak over your life. Okay, not everyone, <laughs> all of you. Those that didn't raise, that raise your hand, I want, we want to, we want to speak comfortably. Do you have a prayer team too? And we're going to speak over you, destiny, over your life. All right, so I want you just to do with me as we close. Ready? The Spirit of the Lord is on me. He's anointed me for a purpose. And the purpose is? Now, this is what you do, okay? You take the two and you start to speak function. Don't say, I'm apostolic prophetic. Say this. I have a heart for the lost. Okay? I want to see people come into their purpose. Start to flesh out. I want to comfort people. I want to give people healing. I want, to, I want to give them comfort, right? So that's what you're declaring. You start to declare your, your destiny over your life. Do it in the mirror. Then you say, Lord, give me opportunity today to release what I just declared. And I tell you, all day long. It'd be like if you said, Lord, show me people that are wearing green. You just couldn't help but see people wearing green that day. And you will start to impart naturally and supernaturally what you, what you were destined to impart. Then you'll grow faithful and little and you will become, wow, so powerful. Amen. God bless you. I need to finish. Thank you for listening to this message from The Resting Place Tampa. We exist for the lost to be found, the found to be free, and peace to reign in our city. For more great resources like this, check out theRestingPlaceTampa.com.